Welcome to the Game Table, the Tri-State's one and only nerd culture podcast. From movies to comic books to anime to board games to video games and everything in between, we aim to be your one-stop shop for the news you care about. We watch everything, read everything, scour the internet for news of Phase 5, and they're just going to lie to us for another couple of years for why bother, and read a hefty steam of comic books so that you can be more informed how you spend your entertainment dollars. I am Doug, and back with me again is good old Anthony. Hey, Doug. All right. Well, we are towards the end of September and when we're recording here, and we just needed to get down and sit down and talk about some comics we've read. Because we've read a bunch, and it's one of those things that, like, do we talk about that? And do we talk about this one? So we're just kind of going to hit some high notes today. I think on a high note, we're going to start with Absolute Carnage number two. Oh, that, that is a high note to start with. Uh, Donny Cates on script and writing, and then Stegman on art, Ryan Stegman. Um, this was the aftermath of breaking out the Red Goblin from the prison. Uh, this got us an interaction with Miles Morales and the scorpion and now this wasn't oversized like the other one this was just a normal size book it was you know only you know 28 pages or whatever it went quick it went quick and it's just downright gorgeous book ryan segment wow kudos to you on on the drawing of it the story was very well done uh love the interaction between miles uh morales um it just was a very good number two. It was. And we've always talked about, you know, the first one's really good because they put all that time, money, and effort to get that number one right so that you're like, okay, I'm into this event. And then number two is like, okay, we're going to drop the sucker into low and just kind of grind to the end. This thing was pretty action-packed because not only did you get the escape uh, from the prison with Venom and Spider-Man, which was entertaining, then Spider-Man and Venom going their separate ways to handle the different um, symbiote issues. Uh, but you also got Red Goblin basically being subservient to Absolute Carnage, which was entertaining. As Yes. Um, I do have a little bit of issue. I could tell them apart now, but I have to look. I can't just glance and tell the difference between the two just because it's just red and black, red and black, red and black. Right, right. But it, it worked out pretty good. But the thing that really, the thing that really made me go, and I want to talk about this, was um, basically it was Scorpion and Miles Morales being surrounded by all the Carnage drones or whatever they're called, and you know, basically them going after Miles. And I was like, I want to see where this goes because I went back up this last week, and I was in Iowa City, and went to the comic book store, and found Miles Morales number one for Absolute Carnage. I looked through it. And it leads up to the fight. It's not what happens after. Oh. Right. And I'm like, I want to know that part. Because, ladies and gentlemen, Miles Morales got basically taken over by the symbiote, and we're not sure what's going to happen to him after this. Right. Right. Um, So, once again, it went very quickly. I could have probably read another 20 pages and been super happy with this. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, you put it Absolutely. I kind of got to the end. I'm like, oh, that's it. But once again, this is what Donnie Cates does really well, is he makes you want to read that next page and that next page. So um, we just got three in our grubby little hands this week because we get it mailed to us because of, you know, local comic shop issues. But I'm very interested to see where this is going. Um, it's been a fun event so far. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm glad that you went up there and looked at Miles Morales' um, absolute carnage because... I was thinking about doing the exact same thing, but again, local comic book issues, trying to get up to Burlington, but um, 
Yeah, I was hoping. I was hoping to get the aftermath, not <laughs> leading up to it, darn it. Yeah, I know. So I'll have to go back and look at Absolute 2. But there's a bunch of spinoffs that we're not reading because there's a good, I would say, half dozen spinoffs for this thing. And we're just reading the books that we're reading at the time. So we're kind of missing the Venom story and the Spider Man story. You'll get caught up here on the Spider Man story here because it's going to bleed in. So if you haven't read Carnage so far, I mean, up at Iowa City, the Rainbow Comics, I think it was what I was at, they had one, two, and three just sitting there in a row. They still had copies. So you could still do that. Um, we'll try something new here before we go to the uh, uh, Chip Zarsky corner. Uh, G.I. Joe number one. This is something Anthony and I were talking about moons ago. Because this is the uh, We Were Once Joes or something like that future tense. Right. This is where uh, it's kind of similar to a renegade, G.I. Joe renegades, but a little bit different in in the standpoint that uh, Cobra has already taken over and now gi joe's underground and they're trying to lead a resistance and they're also trying to recruit uh citizens to be a part of gi joe that way they can uh uh try to take back over um cobra and 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 get back the united states now first off the writer of this is Paul Allure. Allure, yep. And the artist is Chris Evanews. Now, I'm going to talk about the entire book as a whole, and then I'm going to look at different pieces of it. The entire book at a, at, at a whole, as a whole, is is not a bad book. Um, <laughs> it's not. Um, the story did have a little holes in it with a uh, little writing uh not not blunders i wouldn't say but writing confusion left you kind of going really type of thing the i did i skip a page kind of feeling yeah i you know we've all read comics like like, you flip back like did i miss something here and then you go well that probably was taken out because they only had 22 pages well and then there was issues where i thought the writing for the particular character was off. Mm-hmm. Um, for ah. example, um, the comic book had Roblox in it with a guy named Frontier. Now, Frontier looks just like Flint, but it, it's Frontier is a uh, is a um, uh, substitute school teacher. Oh, oh, okay. So it's a uh, yeah. So that that's interesting. Uh, but what's so a getting substitute new school teacher that has taken uh, the field command uh, because uh, I think from his previous military background. But um, so they're get they're getting attacked. Roblox in this frontier guy is getting attacked by Cobra, and Roblox shoots him shoots one of the Cobra guys in the head okay, uh, that's a- but instead of you know doing what roadblock you would think roadblock would do which would be like all right bring him on roadblock says oh my god i just killed somebody <laughs> okay. and then it took frontier to turn around and go well you can worry about that later can you come over here and help me Okay. Okay. Uh, so uh, I, I can see where little, you're coming from now. Yeah. Little yeah, yeah, yeah. issue with that because I'm talking. It, it, it's roadblock. I felt like that line should have been put to Frontier, 
and then Roblox saying, yeah. you know, so there, there's a there that, was a that couple of like lines. A, that, that sounds like a script typo to me. Yeah, yeah there, there's just some of the lines that did not uh, make sense there. Um, but the story um, was interesting. Um, and I think it's going to continue to get interesting. Uh, spoiler alert here, but um, you know, one of the GI Joes uh, gets killed right away. Bam! Just major blood shoots him in the head. Major blood, nice. Yes. So, oh. so that happens r- right away, and um, then the main character is a um, a ex gang. S um kind of contraband um guy who runs um that lives in lived in Indianapolis and during the takeover of Cobra lost his whole family, his boyfriend's missing, you know, things like that. Okay. And uh he's uh joining the Cobra team or joining the uh, G.I. Joe team to for the resistance. Um, and that's pretty much main main character in, in pretty much the, the, the book. But front cover, nice. Don't have a complaint there. The art, very cartoonish. Does not fit with the kind book. Kind style of it. Not, it does not fit with the content of the book. The content uh. of the book, I mean, has one of the G.I. Joe's dead in five, probably in the first five pages of the book. He's gone. Yeah. And... Um, you know, that doesn't, the art style did not really match that. And I I know Doug was asking me a few minutes ago whether or not it was the art style or could have been colored a little bit differently. And I think purely it's the art. It's just a little bit too cartoonish for the style. There's some books that work with that sort of style. Right. I mean, um... Well, you remember I read Flavor, the cooking book mm-hmm, that was mm-hmm. supposed to be Chew. That's an that had like a fantastical kind of Rapunzel-y, Three Bears kind of thing. So the the cartooniness worked perfect for that because it was light and airy. Right. Uh, Sean Murphy, which we'll talk about in a minute, is not light and airy. It's dark and you know gritty. So you're you're saying we probably need to be more dark. M- more, yeah. I mean we we need to be darker. We need to be not so light, um, because this is a relatively serious um, situation that they're yep. experiencing. So I, I, I'm going to hang on for number two and hope that... See what comes out of this. Uh, hope that the art is a little bit better and that the storyline you know, keeps going. But ultimately, it's not a bad book. It just... There, there's some issues I have here and there with mm-hmm. it, um, uh, but not enough to go. Well, it's it's not for me type of thing. But uh, I'm going to hang on for number two. Now, you've read some of the IDW stuff before, mm-hmm. and that that when back when they were doing like the triple under spy, and they killed a lot of people, right? Oh, they killed it. They killed a lot. And and here's the issue previously with GI Joes is. When you write a book, you got to be really conscientious on who you take out, who you don't. And if you take out everybody, well, then it kind of loses. The the fans are kind of lost. 
at that right. point. Uh, we'll talk DC ceased in a minute about taking care of everybody, but we'll worry about that here. I uh, figure we'll touch on to, uh, we didn't talk about the first one, but uh, Batman Curse of the White Knight, number two, Sean Gordon Murphy on script and art. And then we got his buddy Matt Hollingsworth is doing the colors on this. Uh, this is number two. Uh, number one basically just set up that the Waynes in the past did something to take their fortune in America by wronging uh, John Paul Jean Peace, uh, Baptiste's uh, family here, you know, Azrael's family. And so Joker basically said, here you go, buddy, get revenge. And that's the whole shtick of this whole thing. Pretty much. <laughs> basically, Azrael's going to get revenge on Batman for something that ancestors did in the past. So this has a really good, they go back in time to the 1700s. Um, that was a decent story as well. I um, felt compelled. Yes. And, and you know, my... For the most part, when they start going backwards for me and they start having a lot of words, a lot of uh, history back there, sometimes it loses me. Yeah, because you're like, um, I don't Because care. I'm like, okay, just keep the story moving forward, not backward. This was so well done that I could have handled the entire book talking about the 1700s and talking about the Wayne and what was it the bakar uh, priest yes and both of those i mean i thought it was excellent so well done yeah um left me really excited for three well because sean murphy has some things he's really good at he draws cars you know he can do mechanical stuff really well and once again in this book he gets to draw draw a really you know awesome looking batmobile he has a swat van that he's driving you know, there's a pinup of Azrael and all his, you know, flaming goodness glory. The art in this was just amazing. But in the end, they blow up the Batcave. Completely blow. And, and you're sitting there going, you're like, this is interesting. I like this. You know, and I like his little pocket hole universe here. It's a different Joker. It's a lighter Joker, you know, because mm -hmm. we with the... Uh, was it the year of the villains and the Batman who laughs? It's not just to have a regular kind of Joker running around doing bad stuff. But um, I showed my buddy Kaz over the weekend while I was in Iowa City looking at this thing. I showed him the art and uh, he was like, whoa. And I'm like, I know, right? So that was a good one. Um, next, Deceased number four. Um, this one, uh, once again, Tom Taylor on art. Uh, not Tom Taylor on art on script. It's on script, yes. And then. Wow, I failed on putting my book in the wrong side. Uh, but uh, And then there was a whole bunch of people on art because they did a few different things going on through here. This, once again, I still can't believe that I'm talking about a Tom Taylor zombie book. And that's what's making me surprised so much. And it's just the little things. Now that yeah. I'm flipping back through it because I was trying to remember where I was at. It's the little things here. Now, uh, just out of curiosity, because I'm I'm drawing a blank. Who 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 did the art? The um, we have it's by committee. Uh, let me get to the back page here. Okay, it's not on. Holy heck! They don't even have the title page. There we go. Oh no, uh, Trevor Harrison Harrison. Anchor was Stefan Guadito and colorist is Rainer Barreto. So yeah. a whole kind of now, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know the artist at all, but um, 
the artwork is really, really nice. Yep. And yeah. this one, I would say, would fit very much in a Batman situation here. Uh, but you basically, it's the reason why Superman isn't susceptible to the Technovirus is because he's been using his X-ray vision the entire time. And you're like, well, that's pretty neat. Um, uh, people are dying. They're figuring everything out. Lex Luthor's trying to help. It's really good. But really what gets me was... Um, you're starting to pull together all the people and you start getting, they take on the, was it a giant woman or whatever? Mm -hmm. And they blew through her skull. It got gruesome in this book. It, it did. And, and I, I thought the front front cover kind of fits mm -hmm. with how, um, gruesome this book is in comparison to, to the others. Um, cause the cover has a, that's just a uh, Doug just held up a um, a half page panel of the um, giant lady with a hole in the skull. Um, yeah, it just was drawn very well. But the front cover has a army. What it looks like a World War Two, maybe Vietnam. Yeah, uh, Sergeant Rock almost. Yeah, um, on, on the front cover, and it just it's um, really signifies where where the book was at i thought it was a very very good cover very good book and still one of the most surprising uh hits in my mind um but the big cliffhanger at the end is alfred brings batman the bat suit because batman was gone in the first issue and then we have wonder woman and superman taking um captain adam as he explodes and we don't know if they're going to survive. So we might not have the big three in this book anymore, which will be just surprising. Um, but Batman, Batman and Superman number one uh, by John Williamson and Marquez on art. This is the lead up book to City of Villains, would you call it? Yeah, probably. Yep. Uh, a lead up book coming to, uh, City of Bane. Or City of or, uh, uh, the Year. Villains, yeah. Year of the Villains. There's a lot going on in DC right now, but um, this leads us up to basically Batman, Superman find the Batman who laughs Batcave, because they're looking for a lost kid. Now, did you see the swerve at the coming? I did not see the, see the swerve coming. So not the, in the least. The whole premise behind the City of Villains is the Batman who laughs is going to make eight or six i can't remember how many are the batarangs but it was somewhere at that eight or six of the superheroes go bad and he has these batarangs with this concentrated venom thing that will make them go evil so you're sitting there going okay so now we have all the nice big pinup spread of all the villain uh heroes with the joker face mate paint and they're kind of going through the detective process and they're looking for this little boy the little swerve was that I didn't even see, and as Anthony just said, um, it was uh, Billy Batson. And so Joker had kidnapped him and given him the little Batman who last Venom, and he's evil. And so this ends with Shazam evil, Jokerish, going after Superman, saying, let's find out who's the strongest. And I, I did not see that coming. I was kind of like, okay then. Um... This this the art was a little different if I remember right. It, it, it was, it fit, yeah. but it was just a little different off, you know, because we got so many books right now. Oh dear, uh, but there's so many books out there. I'm not sure 
you know, who's doing art with what. Um, I'm okay with the book so far. I just, once again, the year of the villain hasn't grasped me as like the others. We've talked about this before. We talked about this like two weeks ago, if I remember right, in our order. Uh, it's just not, it doesn't have a grip on me. It doesn't make me want to, I'm not excited. I'm kind of like, oh, this is going to be a slog. Well, and I think, yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. I'm I'm eager to to know where number two is going, but I'm 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 kind of tackling that as Batman and Superman book, not thinking as as a whole. Okay, it's leading into the year of the villain, but um, it just there uh, is it, DC's tackling it so differently than Marvel uh, that. <laughs> yeah. And I think when you when you tackle something, you make it a year long event, um, you lose people. Yeah, because when you have a thousand and one books, you know you're double shipping Batman, Superman. You're double shipping both Superman books. Uh, you got Justice League double shipped. Justice League Dark is double shipped. I mean, you got all of these premier books double shipped, and you're you're covering two years of material in a year. Plus, the quantity of books, is it's going to lose its thread. But all in all, the book was good. Yes. I'm the event. I'm, I might get event fatigue. Right. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Well, I mean, we go from War of Realms to Absolute Carnage, and then Year of the Villain. We, we, we yep. went with the dark metal. So, yeah. I mean, event fatigue is, is a real thing. Hey, but Doomsday Clock's going to end. Uh, maybe next year. Well, or two years. Well, no, it's like it's slated for December, I think, or something. Well, until they throw it back. Okay, yeah. <laughs> the Transformers will return after these messages. We want to thank our sponsor, Radio Keokuk. Radio Keokuk is the home of Z93, the Rock on the River, and 1310 KOKX, the Talk on the River. It's through their patronage and support that we can provide this show for you, and we'd like to thank them for everything that they do for us. Welcome back. Uh, we're going to continue our comics talk because we just couldn't shut up last hour. So we'll just keep going on with our conversation here. Um, as I previewed before, uh, we have to talk, Chip. So, uh, Life, uh, Spider-Man Life Story number six, the final issue of his Miner series that took Spider-Man through the decades. Um, I do think, in the end, the covers of this put together on a nice little frame is going to look really awesome. Um because the monochromatic thing was really awesome. Yes. Um, and they were all solid. They were all solid covers. Uh, we'll talk here in a minute about the series in general, but we'll talk mostly about six. Um, uh, written by Chip Cesarski. We got Mac, uh, Mike Bagley on art still. He did the entire series, which is commendable in these days when we're pumping out a thousand books a week. So he was able to get that done. Um, so as people un- would probably guess, this is the swan song. This is the end. Um, so we're past civil war. The, it was kind of poetic when they go, well, when uh, heroes fought heroes, the villains won. So Dr. Doom is now ruler of Supreme leader of earth and all the villains have taken over. 
and the, the heroes are kind of in this little resistance. And we got Miles Morales this time as yep. his sidekick. Um, we started off with them. Uh, they're going on a mission into space to a Tony Stark project that they've, they think they can help figure out how to stop Doom or fight Doom. It was kind of vague on that aspect of what the machine would do. Yeah. It was a good MacGuffin to get them going in space. That's pretty much all we needed. And then um, he said goodbye to his family, and then he takes off to space. Um, I do think that the Spider-Man interaction Morales, Miles Morales was really good in this one because he was being himself, joking around and having all the fun, and Miles is like, be serious. And it was a good, it was a good balance. I mean, because now you got your 50-year-old Spider-Man, is it? 60-year-old Spider-Man? Yeah. They didn't really say exactly how old he was. And they go up to space, and they have to turn on the machine, and the machine doesn't work the best. And then the conflict arose, because we got um, a zombie symbiote, would you call it that? I, I would. Yeah. So you got us Venom symbiote showing up, and um, supposedly Craven, but the big swerve was um, Doc Ock had invaded Miles Morales's body, just like when he was Superior Spider-Man from, oh boy, was that two years ago or three? Two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. right after our first, like our second yeah i I think right Right after our our second c2e2 c2e2 and which was a pretty good book from what people told me um um so uh, it was nice he was able to slide that in there you know because we are talking about the 2000s and 10s here um and then they were able to fight off the symbiote um peter needs to hold the wreckage together and sacrifices himself and yeah that was it oh plus the symbiote came out and helped save Peter for a few seconds in the end. Right. But it was a good ending. I, I, I don't mind it. No, I, I don't mind the ending at, at all. I, I love the final, I want to say the final panel, start, you know, went back to the, it put a nice bow on the entire mm-hmm. series with, uh, with the uh, robber running past Spider-Man. Yep, yep, because he'd been having that kind of dreamish type thing about, the beginning and at the end. Because mm-hmm. he had that about like three times through the book. Because um, we even got Aunt May to show up there for the Doc Ock thing. Yes. Um, it was pretty good. Now, my question about the series is, how will this read in a oversized, you know, a nice format? Because the biggest thing we've talked about, you know, off air and stuff like this, the first two issues I thought were the best, the amazing. Then 80s, 90s was had highlights but had some low lights in there wasn't exactly on beat thousands i thought was a little bit better mm-hmm. and i think we were a little bit better here towards the end so yep. we kind of had a you know peak a valley and back to a slight peak yeah and i i couldn't agree more i i, I think it'll read well mm-hmm. in a in a oversized book and um in, in a trade format I, I but I could not agree more. I thought the first two issues were absolutely probably top top five comic books of of the year yeah, for me, and still that, currently there. That first one uh, was really good. That second one was really good. Yeah, I um, and I thought the eighties wasn't bad, but it was a little dip. The nineties I thought was a little more. Two thousands for me 
was a little bit better in 2010, stayed pretty consistent yeah. with the 2000s, but nothing in comparison to, to the 60s and 70s. But um, I think that's also when the art fit the best. Yes. And, you know, you could feel have that 60s feel to it. And, you know, it's back to... But then again, the funny part would be I'd be interested to find kids that didn't start with the 70s and 60s Spider-Man, but started with the 90s Spider-Man, how they'd feel about the 60s and 70s. That would be interesting. Because now that I'm sitting here reflecting as an old man, um, because that's my Spider-Man. Yes. And so maybe the kids that grew up with Civil War would say, oh, gosh, that the Vietnam stuff was just stupid. And meanwhile, they're like, bring me more of the clone stuff. Sorry, I just gagged a little. Um, Just because of clone stuff. But, you know, maybe they'd find that more entertaining. I'm not Uh, sure. Maybe so. I I think that's fascinating. uh uh, fascinating question for for them because that is truly when I think Spider Man I I go back to sixties seventies and eighties yep bam that's her that's my Spider Man and um so but all in all Chip kudos yep. I I when I went into this I had a lot of hope oh yes and after the first two issues I didn't have hope. It, it was completely amazing, and at that point, I just wanted it to stay as amazing as it could, and it's tough when oh, you write a, a six comic books across, spanning across six decades of, of Spider-Man, it's tough to put, you know, there's certainly some decades are just going to fall a little bit better, and, and you know, Chip... Probably, you know, Chip's around our our age, if not a little older. So that is his Spider-Man as well in yep. the 60s and 70s. So he's feeling that as well. He's, he might be feeling it as well. But I, I thought, I thought hands down, it was one of the best Spider-Man books out there. No offense to Nick Spencer's because he's hitting a home run with Amazing <laughs> oh, yeah, as well. Amazing's doing really good stuff. Uh, but no, I, I, I thought it was very good. Um, speaking, we're talking about ends of series. Uh, King Thor number one just came out. I think within the last couple weeks, uh, at time of recording, uh, it's Jason Aaron and Isad Ribic are back together again to put a bow on their seven year run on Thor. And now, uh, before you get into this, and I I, I don't read uh, right, th- Thor, Thor by all means, but seven years working on working with. One, one character. character for seven years. I I want to emphasize that because that does not happen. No. And to have him work work with that and, and do as well as he's done, that kudos, Jason Aaron. Amazing. Oh, yeah. He's I mean and the thing is, this is where we got mighty Jane Foster Thor. Um we we had the War of the Realms come out of this. We've gone through. We've introduced. We'll talk about this in a minute. The God Butcher. Um, it's been a Loki Thor love hate fest for the whole thing. We've we've introduced a whole bunch of stuff, and he has just gone through the entire Thor catalog. And here's the thing: that's really going to be is who follows this. Well, that's, I mean, we, <laughs> we're we talking who's going to follow Tom King on Batman. We'll talk about that in the next segment. But, you know, who do you follow up on Thor? Because here's the problem. I don't know if you can hit the magic reset button and go back to, you know, um, 
I'm trying to think who even wrote Thor before that. Yeah, the only one I know about is Walt Simonson, but that was the 80s. Can you go back to that? I mean... Well, and in, in the, this by all means, I, I think when somebody has written with one character for seven years, you cannot and you should not hit the reset button. Right. Okay. Not like it's a one year, two year run mm-hmm. where, sure, hit the reset button, start your own story. But when you're talking about a seven year run, that's epic. Yep. And epic things should not be forgotten. Because Dan, we did this last time, Dan Slott was on Spider-Man. Dan Slott was, was on, on Spider-Man, Spider-Man and Nick Spencer took over. Mm-hmm. I don't think he really reset it, but I think Slott kind of reset it for him a little bit. Slot slot reset when he started. He kind of hit the reset button, and then he kind of uh, finished his run. And the amazing Nick Spencer did not hit the reset button. He grabbed a little bit of 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 slots run and to kind of put in there. But for the most part, he never said, "Okay, this is what happened. Let's hit the reset button." He really followed up with the fall. Of Peter Parker. Yep. And, you know, uh, you've heard me, dear listeners, about the uh, X-Men resets, and we're not doing that, hopefully. But the beautiful thing about this is uh, Thor 16 left off. We have Thor. He is now the Allfather. He has Mjolnir back, or a version of Mjolnir. He lost his eye. He has his, you know, destroyer arm. And so the next writer can start from there and move forward, because this takes place in the magical end of the universe. This is old King Thor. He has his three daughters. Loki's running around. And uh, basically they're trying to save the universe. And it's basically Loki has the Necro Sword, the symbiote Necro Death Sword that he got from the dead planet Eo. And now they had a knockdown drag out fight across the cosmos. Now, as previously said, Izad Rarick is back on art. And this is the start of the first, you know, I think, I think the first year or so it was Eastside Rubik on art. So this is like coming back home again for art. And you're just like, oh, this is so good. And the cliffhanger at the end is the girls go try to figure out how to save the universe. And the person that's in charge of keeping the record is the God Butcher. But he doesn't remember who he was. He was the God of something. And so at the end of the book, he remembers that he's the God Butcher. And so now he's going to knock down drag out with Loki and Thor. And Thor's pretty beat up at this point. So it's a pretty bleak book, but it's really good. I'm very excited to see where this runs to. Now, how many uh, issues is this running? I don't know. I I don't know. I should probably look that up sometime. I'm just on for the ride. I yeah. probably assume it's probably going to be probably a 6 or a 12. Or, sure. Um, and the, the beautiful part was... Uh, he defeated Gore, the God Butcher, the first time with middle age, mid, mid-age Thor, young Thor, and old Thor. They're not around this time. So it's going to be interesting how he puts a bookend on this. So it'll wow. be fun. Um, I, like I said, if it's six issues, I'll be happy. If it's 12 issues, I'll be happy. I don't yeah. think he's going to go a year because like, he has other stuff. Um, you know, He has an image book called Sea of Stars that's really good. Uh, he's still doing Avengers, and there's other things in the world. And work. then Southern. I want Southern back. I really do. Yes. I really do. Really do. Um, 
We'll hold off on Batman till last time because we haven't read the two current one. Two current ones, yeah. yeah. I'm just going to do a quick two seconds on Guardians of Gal- Galaxy number eight. Uh, Donnie Cates is on art and Corey Smith's on pencils. Um, basically, there's the Universal Life Church, which is the big Universal Church. Uh, Quinn's father is now in charge of that. They've captured everybody. Um, they're trying to resurrect a whole bunch of Adam Warlocks. And the big thing about this one is they come find uh, Ra- Rocket Raccoon. He's been not in the book so far. And they try to get him to go save the Guardians because they need him. And guard, uh, Rocket is sick and dying because all the enhancements done to him, are, he, his body is rejecting. So he looks like hmm. uh, basically a very bad medical experiment, cancer ex- victim type, you know, emaciated and hooked up the stuff. And they try to convince him to help save the galaxy again. And so it ends with Rocket getting into a giant Gundam mech suit. And once again, it's Donny Cates crazy. I'm all for it. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. We want to thank our sponsor, Radio Keokuk. Radio Keokuk is the home of Z93, the Rock on the River, and 1310 KOKX, the Talk on the River. It's through their patronage and support that we can provide this show for you, and we'd like to thank them for everything that they do for us. Welcome back, folks. Uh, before we get out of here, we got another segment. We just decided that we're going to sit and talk more than just talk about news. Um, news is coming out constantly. We'll collect it one of these days and have a breakdown. Um, one of the big things that, as a comic book reader, the biggest quandary that we have is when do we drop a book? When do we pick up a book? Now, we've been through this before. We've talked about we are in a writer's age, or at least for us. We follow writers. So if writers start a book that we really like, we pick up a book. If they go off a book, we might sit there and go, eh, I'll, follow an <clears throat> I'll follow an issue here or there. But for the most part, we follow writers. Right. And so <clears throat> let's start on the negative side first. Dropping a book. Um, previously, once we got to, what was it, Detective 1000, I'm like, no matter uh, the lead of 1000, wasn't great for me so i'm like i'm dropping detective and then everybody tells me detective is awesome i haven't picked it back up i don't know it's why do I, you know i i in my mind i said detective wasn't filling my batman niche i have batman i don't need more batman now people tell me i batman's good should i read it and it's that question of when do you jump onto a book right now since there are enough batman books and batmans and everything i don't feel like it i need it Right. right. But then dropping a book is a little harder. Yeah, I mean, it it can be a conundrum on trying to figure out, okay, which one do I do I have? Mm-hmm. Wh- wh- which one is it between? Do I drop this? Do I give it one more story arc? Right. That that's my dilemma is has always been to yes, this is not where I want it to be if I just base it upon where we're at right now or do i give it one more story arc to to write itself and fix itself right and that's always the dilemma and and for for me you know sometimes it 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 boils down to 
you, you can't read everything. Right. And sometimes it boils down to, okay, I, I have to drop a book. And there are certainly some books that are off limits. I mean, you're just <laughs> not going to drop the yeah. book. Um, but there's certainly some that you're going, well, I could drop it. Do I drop it? Do I not? Because um, the biggest thing like for us to dropping a book is, A, when we go to C2E2, you know, there's enough places that have the back issues and singles. You know, you can get it for a buck. Or do you just get it in trade? Yes. And you're sitting there going, do you trade weight on it? Is it worth trading? You know, like... We could have waited on Life and Story of Sp- Spider-Man in trade. Absolutely. But we wanted to read this. We were Once it was announced, we saw the first cover, we were like, we're so over this right now. Yes. So there's certain things that we just sit there and go, we need to read. Right. And, you know, I think I mentioned this before, but we were just talking about it off air on this is, you know, like Fantastic Four. A year ago when um, Marvel 2 and 1 with Chip, we were so excited to have a Fantastic Four back. We were excited, and that book was amazing. We, I mean, for the most part, I think we loved every issue. There were some issues that are better than others, but it was, it was like, this is, this is this Fantastic Four that I needed. Then Fantastic Four came out, and then the first arc was, eh. Second arc was much better. You know, then we got into War of the Realms thing, and then I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to drop it and pick up. You know, I'm picking up some image books or something different, just something to talk about. Oh, Guardians. I started Guardians at that point. Yeah, and, and for me, with Fantastic Four, I, I hung on, and I agreed with everything that Doug said. Uh, first story arc was, uh, I hung on for number two. It was a little bit better. I hung on for three, and they got the, the Immortal Hawk in there, which that was a little bit better. But then it didn't last as long as I would right. want it to. It, it only lasted two issues. It was a transition. Um, yeah. And then now they're doing another story arc starting at the very beginning. So you have that. And, um, and nothing against Dan Slott's run of Fantastic Four. Nothing against that. I think it's a great book for Fantastic Four fans. It just, you can't read it all and mm-hmm. uh, I'm sad that I'm going to have to drop it so I can pick up other books and yep. I'll have to go to C2E2 and try to pick up the individual issues or just um, you know pick it up and trade but or let it yeah, go or let it go right and it's it's back to I we talk about itches a lot you know we talk about our G.I. Joe itch we talk about my X-Men itch you know you, you, you gotta fill that the thing you need your Spider-Man itch you know I thought I needed a Fantastic Four itch but it wasn't doing the it wasn't filling my need and so that's where Fantastic Four dropped for me Catwoman's on the other side it's nothing against Joel Jones uh, there are parts in that book that is downright amazing amazing i mean when she draws it it's really good too but she's had some really good pencilers come in there and her style so they fit perfectly but the problem is with catwoman is the old lady villain that i don't even remember the name just that when she shows is creel yeah and when she shows up i'm like i'm out yes i i'm so and again nothing against joelle jones no nothing against this it 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 was so close between Catwoman and Fantastic Four, um, but I could not agree with Doug 
more. It got to number 13. At the end of number 13, when Miss Creel shows up, I'm like, I'm out. I'm dropping this book because I'm just over this villain that has been there since the very beginning. I'm ready to move on away from... And then number 14 came. And 14 was completely amazing book. And they drugged me back in. There was not Mrs. Creel showing up. Right. So it drugged me in for a little bit longer here. But I'm here to say if I have to, <laughs> if I see Miss Creel again in another uh, story, I would be probably in the direction of dropping it. As other people that in the, the comic book podcast world say, that book is on notice. You're on notice. If this, this continues too much longer, it's going to be. You know, the acts for you. But I've been enjoying everything else. The heist, the two issues on the heist were amazing. Penguin heist was amazing. You you know. The individual fillers between the major story arcs, great. Love it. It just, the major stories arcs has, has involved that Ms. Creel and I'm kind of over it. Yep. And so that's that's what you you know, we talk about a lot is like, do we drop this book? You know, you know, there's times I'm like, I should drop X book or this, you know, X Men book. It's not fitting my niche or the detective. You know, do you need all Spider Man books? Do you need a Spider Man book? It's it's tough. And then you have the solicits come out three months in advance and then <laughs> You hear stuff like, all right, picking up after Tom King, uh, while well, Tom King and Clay Mann go draw pretty Batman and Catwoman books for 15 issues, they're replacing them with uh, Tinian the Fourth. And you're like, well, shoot, I thought I was getting rid of a Batman book. Yeah, because, I mean, at this point, you know... Just with Clay Man and Tom King, we were. I, I, we I were, was going to we go right to Batman and Catwoman and go, okay, I'm going to finish this. Let's finish this out here. Let's forget about the Batman book. But I read that and my jaw dropped open because I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, part of me was excited to to read a James Terry and fourth book because keep this in mind that he wrote Detective and I never read a Detective book yep, that he um, wrote but he's on Justice League Dark and it is plum amazing so I have no doubt that he's going to do very well writing Batman book but man I went oh, well shoot now I may have to drop another one <laughs> yeah well because you said Tobias is on art. I think that was it, or Daniels. Uh, Dan- uh, yeah, Daniels. Daniels art. art. Yeah, Tony Daniels Daniel. did a bunch of Tom King's. You know, I know he did stuff around the Mister the Twelve Angry Jurors time, and the you know he did a lot around the post fifty. I remember him having, and then we have Tom Taylor's going to be doing Suicide Squad in December, right. and he on Twitter he goes, "Why make up new characters to kill when you can just kill other characters?" There's a hundreds of thousands of DC. No name villains that we could just whack for no reason. And I'm like, well, that sounds interesting. Now I have to pick up that book. I don't. Well, and and, and you and you go along that this line with another line, and that is that they're coming out with one shots 2099 and oh, yep, Nick yep. Spencer's writing a Spider Man 2099 one shot, followed by a Chip 2099 Doom one shot, and you're like. Oh. And it's back to can you read it all? Yeah, no, I mean, no, you can't. 
and you know, thank goodness that they're one shots. Part right. of me was hoping for a complete <laughs> series, but then part of me is going, "Oh no, please be a one shot. Yeah. That way, I don't have to drop something else." Because we don't want to have to drop Daredevil. We don't want to have to no. drop. Uh, you know, there's certain. You know, like I said, Tom King. You know, I'm still loving Bendis's work. Thankfully, I think. Um, Wonder Twins is going to end at 12, so that will, that's only six more months. No, no offense, Mark Russell, but thank goodness, just because it's, we, can't read all. we can't read it all. But oh. um, but, but then they're, they're, they're going to put them on, they're going to bring back our Flintstones or something and just hook us right back <laughs> in again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, but you know, you have some of these shorter series, you know, Watchmen, as I said, it's going to finally end so we can stop doing that every three and a half months or six or whatever it is this week but you know it's just tough to read it all and coming down to pulling a book is actually kind of tough and that's what we're trying to get at is because you're like i really enjoy this still you know you know sometimes i do look at my stack you know what i have left to read but then that's not always a honest depiction because right now i still love dark it's just that i have three darks to be read in my stack just because i've cycled through some of the more Newer, exciting stuff like Carnage has got on top, and the House and Powers of Ten have got on tops, and you you can read so much, but you're like, I want to do this one, but I really want to read this one too, but I can't. And right, and 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 I could not agree more. You can't. I've learned not to look at my stack at all that's left to read because I do have two or three darks. I have a lot of Justice Leagues, um, you know, and not like. Not like they're bad books or anything. It just you when you have a job and you have kids, you've got to read when you can read. Yep, old man and, complaining again. And yep, so I'm I'm getting out of. I'll sit back in my rocking chair. Yep, it's just it's 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 a good time to be a comic book fan, but it's also one of those you know DC set promises that they're not going to double ship here after the new year. Which I'm a thousand thousand percent behind, because I, I I want my action book to be monthly. That's fine. Batman can be monthly. That's awesome. You know, makes yeah, it more special. Yes, I, I'm fine with monthly books. It, yeah, I mean we we don't need you know 20. eight books a a you know a week yeah. to try to to try to get you know keep up with. Yep, it's, it's just one of those things. Of, it'll be nice when they plan these things out. So uh, we will continue working towards our pull list. We'll let you know if we make any more drastic changes. I don't think we're doing anything drastic. I don't think we're going to, you know, like you said, we follow our writers, and we'll keep following our writers as long as they're doing good work. So it'll be one of those things. So uh, this will wrap up another special edition of the old podcast. Um, I want to thank those of you that are now listening on Spotify. I appreciate that. Um, I'm posting up our back episodes every Tuesdays and Thursdays when I remember to put them up. Um, but remember, you can like and follow us on the old Facebook. You can, well, you can follow us on Twitter and me on Instagram, Doug. Um, I am post-homecoming now, so I can now say that I have time to paint again. And so I might be getting my Bosch and my Jin or so for Legion painted. That's on my, my desk at the moment. So, so uh, have a good week. <laughs>